Hi, it's time for VOBS Voiceover Body Shop Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Where's Jeff? Jeff, you're in there. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Okay, whatever. Uh, so if you have a question for us, if you're watching us live right now, which you should all be doing, look at the opportunity you have to ask George and I questions about your home voiceover studio technology. Whether you got a problem or a piece of gear you want to buy or you want to get rid of something, put it in the chat room right now. And Jeff Holman, who you just heard saying Tech Talk, Tech Talk, will throw it into our document that we know there's a question there. We will ask that question or we will be asked that question in the next segment. But are you ready, George? I'm ready. You got a pile of stuff there and I've got something cool too about... <laughs> You know, is that a noisy mic? Well, we'll find out. Time for VoiceOver Body Shop Tech Talk right now. VoiceOver Body Shop Tech Talk is brought to you by voiceoveressentials.com the home of Harlan Hogan's signature products Source Elements the folks who bring you Source Connect VOHeroes.com become a hero to your clients with award winning voiceover training VoiceActor.com your voiceover website ready in minutes VoiceOver Extra your daily resource for voiceover success and by World Voices the industry association of freelance voice talent and now, here's your hosts, Dan and George. Well, hello there. How you doing? I'm Dan Leonard. And I'm George Whittem. And this is VoiceOver. Body Shop. Or V-O-B-S. Tech Talk. There's your chance again, tech Jeff. Talk, tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. We could just make them fade out. This is number 106. It's unbelievable how many shows we've done, and uh, time just keeps marching on, but voiceover continues to march on, despite what people are saying about it and AI and things like that, but we're not going to worry about that. I'm so glad they keep making more crap to talk about. I know, and, and you've got plenty. But here's the thing, and the reason you've joined us this particular hour, and hopefully you will stay with us this entire hour, because you're going to miss all sorts of stuff if you leave. George and I are experts in home voiceover studios, if you haven't figured that one out. And one of the things we do is we fix stuff. And another thing we do is we set it up so it doesn't break. And we make it so it's easy for you. Because apparently, the more people I talk to, the more I realize that nobody out there in the coaching world or any of this stuff knows what on earth they're talking about when it comes to home voiceover studios. But the thing is, is every voice is different and every room is different. And George and I understand that. And that's what we work with. Finding out what's going to work with you in your lifestyle, in your place of residence. Is it going to interfere with other things going on? Is it going to be quiet enough? There's all these things, but you have to know what they are. And fortunately, George and I do. And you can work with us personally we'll talk to you one-on-one -on -one. you know sometimes we can actually come to your house if you're here in southern california george you you go all over the place and you're always asking people hey i'm going to be in town can i drop it on your house and people let you do that and if they want to do that or if they just want to talk to you any place 
where would they go? Yeah, you have a, head over to georgethe.tech. Um, that's where you'll find me and really actually a bunch of people because George the Tech is performer-friendly techs. So we have numerous folks to help you with different styles of software and types of technical issues. And uh, we're available almost around the clock because we've got people in different countries. We have people in different time zones. We have folks available that made themselves available by phone, which uh, you know is getting more increasingly rare to reach somebody on the phone when you call. Um, so there's a lot of ways we can help you. So head over there to George the dot tech and don't forget to use the coupon code that i the uh, that i announce at the end of every vobs to get you a discount you got to stay to the end to get there you know that's right unless you're watching the replay and just go fast forward to it (laughs) exactly and then dan is on the internet doing tech stuff and other things over at homevoiceoverstudio.com yes i was so lucky to grab that particular url Mm. and no one's ever going to have it again uh, you know, I, what I do is I like working with beginners and people who I think have a lot of potential and just perhaps don't know how to record. And so if you go over to my website and you can contact me there, one of the things that I have is, and the more I think about it, the more bad taste this is, which to me means who cares? Uh, is my specimen collection cup where you can drop your MP3 of your audio, follow the instructions thoroughly. And for $25, I will analyze your audio. Ask anybody that has sent their audio to me. If I have not been incredibly thorough in explaining what their audio sounds like. And, uh, so that's, that's what you should do right after this show is send me your audio. No, you don't have to do it right after the show. I mean, they tend to pile up after a while and then I have to work. Runneth yeah. over eventually. Yeah, it does. It does. So what do we got in your tech update this week? It looks like a pile of stuff. Yeah, everybody had a, f- well, not everybody. A lot of people flipped out when they found out that Twisted Wave was going to a subscription. Um, so, <laughs> yes, a lot of people were upset. Well, okay, let's, let's, let's just be straight. Twisted Wave has been absolutely completely 100% a buyout license one time and you know you buy it once you own it for life right and it's been that way for a really really long time incredibly generous we've gotten upgrades and up updates of course but upgrades to new versions new features on and on for the last 15 years and he's never thomas i should say has never asked for any more money finally he decided after i think people literally were telling him when they when when he told them what he does for a living is how do you expect to keep doing that for a living if you're going to do that business model? It ain't going to work. It's time for you to offer subscriptions. And he does now. So the quick thing here is to, to demystify the, the, this whole thing a little bit. And um, if I can do that without creating a complete, total, and utter train wreck on the uh, web. Oh, here we go. Not too bad. All right. So let's start over here on the left hand side let's get this part 12 months of uninterrupted subscription payments qualify you for receiving a perpetual fallback license what is that another way to interpret that is if you pay for a year which is 100 bucks which is exactly the same price as it is it's 100 bucks you own you own a license forever you're good you're good to go that is the maximum of your obligation 
is to pay $100 you own Twisted Wave. What do you not get? It means that you don't get the next upgrade of Twisted Wave when it comes out. So is that a problem? Maybe not. A lot of people never upgrade Twisted Wave because it works fine year after year. When do they have to upgrade? Typically when they get a new Mac, when they get a brand new OS and they realize, oh, that version from 11 years ago <laughs> is starting to be a little unstable, then they're forced to upgrade. And at that time, you would probably at that time decide to renew your subscription, which you can do basically uh, on a monthly basis as well. So whether you do it by the month or by the year, if it's by the month, you're going to be paying every month 10 bucks. By the year, 100 bucks. So by the year, you're saving two months worth, right, of the prescription subscription. Another thing is if you've already been using the product, he's going to give you a little discount as a thanks for, for getting started. So if you've had, the, had the, uh, an existing uh, license already, you're going to get some discounts right um so if you've had it for a long time you're gonna get 40 percent off uh on your third year and onward subscription right? right so basically the first year is 100 bucks second year is 80 bucks third year and onward is 60 bucks but again you don't have to stay in subscription you can cancel and continue to use twisted wave until you have to upgrade because of a software choice. And when you buy a new Mac, when you buy a new, and you get a new OS version, uh, you know, you made a choice. And at that point, you have to pay some more. So I hope that kind of demystifies a little bit about this whole thing. Don't freak out. I mean, some of you were like, I've still used Adobe Audition 1.5. Well, this is no different than that. You know, it's like you bought it once in 1998 and you still use it. Well, if you have a computer that's compatible with that version, you can use it for the rest of your life and never pay another dime. Heck, we know people are still using Cool Edit Pro. I mean, for crying out <laughs> There are people out there. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So anyway, Twisted Wave, that's the story. Um, I think it's very, I think whatever your ethics are about subscriptions, I think he, I think he's doing it in the most fair and ethical way that one can. So I mean, that's my two cents on that. I mean, we've gotten a free ride on that for like 15 years. And so yeah. I, think, I, I think the developer who has served us so well deserves to make a living doing this. I think so. I know if, if you just bought it a month or two ago, okay, I could see. But if you bought it a month or two ago, you're fine. You don't need to buy a new version for a really long time. You may not need to start a subscription for another two to five years. You know, so anyway, moving on. Um, I was going to mention very briefly, uh, this is a whole long discussion, but just through food for thought, maybe the way you monitor while editing isn't the right way to monitor, and maybe not for the reasons you're thinking. I deal with voice actors all day who overanalyze the audio that they're hearing in their headphones to the point of almost being crippled, especially the people doing long-form stuff, where they just simply do not have the time to agonize over every little mouth noise every little sibilant thing they hear, or any other little flaw, nasal, glottal, stop, whatever it is. Some of you don't have time for doing this. Those that do have time for doing this are doing probably very large budget productions. And in those cases, there's usually somebody else's job is to agonize over that, right? So um, my point is, is sometimes the headphones you might be using are too good, too detailed, and too revealing of certain flaws in your mouth. And you might want to try different headphones. Or you might want to not use headphones at all and use speakers while editing. 
And what that's going to do is speakers, of course, at least if you have good monitor speakers, they're, they, they are quite detailed, but they're still going to be less intensively detailed than having a speaker driver that's a quarter of an inch, a half an inch from your ear, right? So it may help you move along a little more quickly to downgrade or at least have monitoring that is less insanely detailed sounding than headphones. Just a, just food for thought, something to try and see how it works on your next big long project that, you know, I'm hearing people spending six, eight, 10 to one hour ratios on audiobooks from time to time because they're editing out every flaw and that's because they hear them all and you get obsessed with them. Yeah, you can't hear that stuff on laptop speakers. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, or you often can't hear that stuff ever. It's been obliterated by <laughs> Audible and the codec <laughs> that they use for audio. I mean, they really, they really s destroy the sanctity of your clean audio when it goes on the website. So really don't over, don't obsess about it. Um, I'll just leave this for you. There's an AI for that dot com. You're welcome. Um, next thing, <laughs> Cinco D2 microphone. This is a shotgun mic, a budget shotgun mic is not a great substitute for the MKH416. Yes, they look very similar. Yes, they're made with the same kind of materials. Clearly, it was designed to act like a 416, but trust me, I've heard it many times, and it's not a bad-sounding mic. It just does not sound like a Sennheiser MKH416. It is not a stand-in for that mic. It doesn't sound anything like that mic. The D2 is a very dull, flat-sounding mic. Yeah, but does it have a, a hypercardioid pattern like a like a 416? It's designed to have one. You know, it has that same line array, whatever they call that. Not a line array. Infer interference tube. Whatever whatever it's called when a shotgun mic has holes the, down the side. The thing right? on the side there, yeah. Yeah, it's got that. And so, and by design, it's hypercardioid. But in terms of its EQ, the tonal character of the mic, it's extremely flat sounding and dull sounding. Where a 416 is a very bright and forward hyped dare i say sounding microphone okay so i i have had to try to make a d2 sound like a 416 with eq and i was kind of successful but they do not sound the same so don't don't i've seen this coming up on facebook today it is just ain't true folks they're very different mics on another subject um i finally got around to reviewing the some panel. acoustical panels that just were acoustical well, let's see if i can stop that and actually share it so you can see I finally got around to uh, reviewing some acoustical panels by a company I met at NAM show, and they're called the Pros Acoustic Wave Pro Series Acoustic Panels. And uh, I am definitely not going to show you that 10 minute video, but I'll show you enough to whet your appetite so you understand what it's about. The inside of the panel isn't just acoustical absorption, there's also a diffuser, the so. diffuser core. George the Tech. Hey everybody, George the Tech. I'm inside my booth here because I want to test out some acoustical panels that were sent to me. And the best way to do it is to really put them in your booth. What I've got here are acoustical panels from the company Prosoacoustic. I met them at NAM show this year in Anaheim, California. They were nice enough to get me a couple of their unique panels to try out. So right now my booth is pretty well treated. It's got the stock acoustical 
foam that comes with the Studio Bricks booth. This is a Studio Bricks one, so it's a rather small booth. But right now it's got some enhancements in it, including some bass traps like these. Here's the tech, and uh, you can watch the full review. It's only about eight minutes long, and uh, I get to really test those things out. And that's why I'm so lucky and glad to finally have a, a ISO booth where I can test stuff out. So I'll, as time moves on, I will try to do more microphone tests in there, more acoustics tests, and since I have that controlled environment. Um, but if you want to hear about these panels and actually hear what they do and see how they work, check that out uh, on my YouTube channel. Um, lastly, I think this is the last thing, um, Zoom 5.15.3. 5.15.3 is out. And what they've done now is it has what they call persistent audio settings. I think I've talked about this already on the show, but now, now it actually does work. So if you set an audio channel in your Twisted Wave audio preferences, let's say you want to have channel one because that's your desk mic and channel 11 because when you play back something, that's where the audio comes in. Now you can do that and you can get that to work set. And not only that, but it will remember those settings. You don't have to keep resetting them over and over and over, which was super annoying. So progress has been made by the team at Zoom, and I'm really glad to see that. So um, a little new thing from Zoom to try out. And that's it for the tech update for the week. All righty. Well, I got an interesting video this morning. Well, we got an interesting video this morning from... Uh, from somebody who is complaining that he, you know, a lot of people like this, the, the, the Cinco, not the Cinco D2, the Stellar X2. Stellar X2, yes. The Stellar X2, which is a fine, fine studio condenser microphone. Yeah. And, uh, and Chris was, uh, he was saying that it was noisy than his other mics, which is a, a TLM 102 and a 416. And, I'm like, well, it really shouldn't be. It's a very quiet mic. We know people like the, uh, the, the the Stellar X2. But then he showed me why he thought that. And then if you watch this, I won't play all of it, but let's see if you can figure out why he was hearing some some noise here. I don't hear it yet. Okay, hold on one second here. And this is microphone here. I'm just going to switch around. So here it is, the X2. Uh, I'm running it through a Audion ID4. And the gain, we're running it through the cable that they suggest we run it through, which is the Amazon Basic cable. I've used it from the website. And this is through the Audion ID14. The gain on this channel we're looking at is going to be around about a 7 out of 10. So what we're going to do is we're just going to switch over to the audio from the actual microphone. And I'm going to get some tests coming up um, shortly. This is said to have a noise floor of minus 13 dBA. I also have a Neumann TLM 102, which has a noise floor of 12 dBA, apparently, according to them. And then a Sennheiser 416 which is meant to have between I think, 12 and 16 dBA. 
so you can be the judge but i'm gonna just hit record we're gonna have some ambient room noise and we're gonna listen from there okay so you're hearing the x2 now what is he doing wrong you be the judge we now have the Neumann TLM-102. I have not touched that, so I'm just going to turn on the phantom power. And you're now hearing the audio from the Neumann 102. Okay, so... What was he doing wrong there? And why do you think that his, his X2 was noisy? Well, for starters, he broke the number one rule of how to submit audio. He was doing it in two-track, and he was only recording in his left channel. So when you amplify that, when you normalize it or anything like that, the blank channel still gets into the audio, and you're going to get white noise from there. And I think that his, his uh, Stellar X2 is probably just fine. And he's getting white noise from the extra channel. But one other thing, his levels are way too low. And, you know, when every, people record with these little tiny waveforms, and then they try and boost it, normalize it, or amplify it, it creates noise. It creates white noise. So if you've got a low track to start with and you've got a, a blank track and you're trying to raise the volume on that, you're going to get white noise and you're going to think, well, this mic isn't as quiet as it sounds. Or indeed, he just has a, a bad mic, which happens. Well, it does happen, especially when they're produced um, in, in massive in, quantities. <laughs> in massive quantities in a factory where not every microphone gets individually tested by a technician and you know signed off and quality controlled before it ships out i mean if they do that that is first of all that'd be incredibly impressive at a 200 dollars price point very because that's that's the big thing you might have one stellar x2 that's clean and you might have another one that just isn't the same doesn't sound exactly the same and there's just because they're, they're, the likelihood of them doing that level of testing from mic to mic, very unlikely, right? Another thing that stood out to me too, Dan, he had literally no meters in Twisted Wave. He literally yeah, had the meters right. hidden. So he had, couldn't even look to verify what the levels actually were. So that was a bit of an issue too. And then didn't he tell you that the way he he makes it mono again is he literally mixes channel one and two into a mono file? Yeah. So whatever noise is ambient noises on channel one gets mixed into the other tracks. So now you've got two layers of noise mixed on top. So there, there, were, there were a couple things I had flaws with with that test. I mean, also, what gain setting did he use? Were they both, were they both at the exact same gain? Because some mics have different sensitivity, right? So right. one might record louder than the other at the same gain. Right. So and, there's a yeah. lot of things that make that a little bit challenging to get a, a true impression of the noise. Yeah. It's really, really important to understand proper input levels and you know and we do we talk about this all the time always in the green always in the yellow 
you know, depending on what interface you're using and what meter you're using, into the orange and with a flash of red every now and again. Uh, mm -hmm. If you record too low and you bring it back up, it uh, it's going to especially make noise. if it's sixteen bit. If you record in sixteen, 16 bit, bit, yeah, and you do a large normalization to bring up level, you're gonna have an increase in noise due to something called aliasing. Um, so if you're gonna record those lower levels, mm -hmm. then then do twenty four bit recording, and you can get away with a lot. Right, you no, can be which, a lot more conservative on the levels. Right, and which is one of the reasons we really like the the new. Uh, the new Rode uh, NT1 5th Gen, because you can record at 32-bit with that, and you can be too quiet, or you could be too noisy, or you're too loud, mm -hmm. and you just normalize it back into where it's supposed to be, and it doesn't break up, or and it doesn't add noise. because it doesn't the, add distortion. It, nope. it, none of that. And plus, the, the NT1 has always been an incredibly quiet mic, but they've just done some amazing things with that. So, but yeah. back to the, the, the Stellar X2, you know, maybe it is a noisy mic, but he was not giving it the test to really determine that. And if he would send us a good mono file properly uh, modulated, perhaps we could see, oh, yeah, it's noisy. Or, nah, he just did it wrong. Yeah. So. It's also tough to, to, to judge over YouTube because YouTube yeah, audio, yeah. of course, isn't raw. It's not wave or anything. It's its, its own it's processed in some way to go on YouTube. So it's, if you really want us to get analytical, send us a wave file with each file in the same, I like to have them in the same wave file with a marker, but you can send them as separate files, but do due diligence to get good levels and match them to begin with. Um, and then we'll, and then take a listen. I also have a thing called mic check. You can send me several different mic samples from different microphones with your voice. And I'll listen to them closely and compare them and kind of rank them for you. Give you my opinion, at least, on what when sounds best on your voice. So there's that option as well. Yeah. So, uh, but I was talking about the 32-bit thing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. We only yeah. have a couple minutes here. Recording a 32-bit, everybody's been probably doing a 16 or 24. If you do it at 32, it gives you that advantage where you can, if you happen to record too low, you can make it work. Or if you record too loud. So say if you're, you're doing video games or something and you're yelling into that mic, you're not going to overmodulate. So it's a really cool feature. Uh, well, it has to be implemented by the, the mic itself. itself has in, to ter be. in terms of this particular mic you're talking about, yeah. it has a very, very unique internal circuitry that enable this 32-bit float recording to give you that, to give you the benefit. Right. Like if you just take any old mic and any old interface and just record in 32-bit, you won't get the advantage of it. You do have to have the gear that's capturing at that, that, that expanded bit rate. And there's some other voodoo in the box. Actually, Rode has some really good videos on YouTube explaining yeah, exactly how that thing works and why it actually works. And um, it's fascinating. It's really interesting. I haven't yeah. seen too many other pieces of gear that can do 32-bit float or at least do it properly. Yeah. Um, and this one seems to do it, from what I can tell, do, does it the right way. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's always about the levels. You remember what I'm always saying? It's the acoustics, how you use your microphone, using proper technique, and setting proper levels. And no mm -hmm. one seems to understand that. Well, anyway, we've got a few questions, and if you've got a question for us, throw it in the chat room right now, whether you're on Facebook uh, or in YouTube or perhaps watching us on LinkedIn now. Uh, 
throw it in the chat room. If you've got a question about home voiceover studio technology, gear, a problem, all sorts of stuff, throw it in there right now. Jeff Holman will get that question to us. Toot sweet. All righty. We're going to take a break right here. We'll be right back with all your questions and more stuff right after this. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, and you are watching VoiceOver Body Shop. It's great. It's vacation time, just about everywhere. For example, here's Australian VoiceOver Pro Andrew Peters on vacation in London recording a commercial with his Portabooth Pro. Why is the Portabooth Pro gaining users worldwide? Well, just listen. Winter's tough. The rain, the wind, the cold. Performers can capture great audio even in acoustically untreated spaces with the Portabooth Pro. Your microphone hears the sound of a human-sized sound booth at a fraction of the size and cost. The Pro accommodates large and long microphones, lengthy scripts, and e-reading devices. The Harlan Hogan Portabooth Pro is lined with Oralex Studio Foam. It's a professional quality sound studio that assembles in less than a minute. And its multi-pocketed carrying case makes it super easy to take your gear and your voice wherever you go. Order your Harlan Hogan Portabooth Pro now. Just $389.99. Only at voiceoveressentials.com. What else does that guy Andrew Peters from that last commercial use when he travels? Source Connect. That's right. For sure. I know, I've known him quite a long time. Source Connect is part of his arsenal. And it's because the majority of the clients that that he's working with are using it too. And it's a preferred weapon of choice for so many productions because of that workflow. Your audio comes from your studio through the internet straight into the timeline of their DAW. Most of the time Pro Tools, but any whatever they're using, Nuendo, whatever Pro-level multi-track DAW they're using, even Reaper, it's going to capture the audio. And if if there's even a single dropout or glitch or anything using the magic of Q Manager, it will automatically replace the dropout or the glitch in the audio. And even more so, you can even have it replace the entire file with a completely unprocessed, uncompressed audio file to go into the timeline. And it does it all magically in the background. It's amazing tech, and uh, really it's what pros prefer for a lot of the voiceover type work out there. So you should know what it is. Go over to source-elements.com. Get yourself set up with an account. Start learning. Um, I recommend getting the subscription so you can be held. Your hand can be held by their amazing support team through the entire process. If you don't get that support, you may end up paying me or us for that support. So you might as well get the support directly from them and it's worth it. So anyway, thanks Source Elements. We appreciate your support. Go check them out and let's get to all those questions right after this. Is AI coming for your voiceover career? Is it going to take all of your jobs? Man, do we hear that question a lot. And there's a lot of people that are fearful that the answer to that is yes. Well, I've been working in performance and technology simultaneously throughout my career, beginning in the 70s. And I've seen the incursion of technology, both good and bad, and I want you to have the facts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a course, which I'm going to give away for free. I'm aiming for mid-August or so, 
talking about synthetic voices and what they mean to your future and your success. So it'll be at VOHeroes.com. Um, I'll give you details as soon as we're ready to go. I'm David H. Lawrence, the 17th. I thank you so much for watching and for listening to VOBS. And stand by. We'll get that course to you very soon. This is Ariana Ratner, and you're enjoying VoiceOver Body Shop with Dan Leonard and George Whittem. VOBS.TV. All right. Got a few questions here and a few more coming in. If you got them, throw them in the chat room now, because this is what George and I love to do is answer your questions. I mean, he and I could just talk for, you know, hours and hours. I mean, look, there's 256 episodes of VoiceOver Body Shop. This is episode, what is it, 156 of, of no, 106. 106 of Tech Talk. 106 Tech Talks. We never have a problem coming up with stuff to talk about. Sharp there, Sue. Very good. <laughs> uh, and um, we love hearing from you. Um, I think that's probably the best part of our jobs is talking to you guys. <laughs> Unless <laughs> there's some people like, I'm not this person again. But we always try to help. We won't throw you off anyway. So let's get to some of these questions, and some of them are very good questions. They're all good questions. Any questions. There's no stupid questions, just questions. So from John Conlon, regarding the new Roadcaster duo for VO and radio work, pros, cons, would love your opinion. Is the Roadcaster duo compatible with Twisted Wave? Well, let's start with the first one. This thing is designed for exactly what you're talking about, which is live production. Uh, mostly it was designed specifically for podcasting. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people doing podcasts who don't mm -hmm. necessarily know how to do a podcast. And Rode came up with this, the original uh, Rodecaster Pro, and now the 2, which has some really nice improvements to it. It's got four you know, mic inputs. It's got all this stuff so you can mix things and add things like, you know... And the only thing we you can have all sorts of fun stuff, which if you're doing radio in now, we used to have in radio, we used to have a, have a cart machine yeah, and it was a continuous loop cart and you'd shove it in there and you can have <laughs> sound effects on there. And that's what it was for. It's all self-contained in this unique package, which is the, the, the roadcaster pro and the, and the, and the roadcaster pro Two. Peace and love, peace and love. Yeah, yeah just have random buttons with random samples on there. That's right, exactly. And they're all nameable, and I, you know, it's a lot of fun. You know, um, when, yeah. When things get really dull, I always go to. <laughs> okay, there's yeah. Right, there, it's there it's a lot of fun stuff. if you came from radio and you missed those days of being on the radio and you want to have those functionalities. Um, for a voice actor, it's still probably overkill. The duo, even though it's simpler and has two mic inputs instead of four, it's a little bit smaller. Um, it's a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, it's still going to have the same preamps and the same functionality for the, for the most part. Um, I would say, I would say for sure the broadcaster pro two, which is what I'm absolutely have on my desk is absolutely overkill for someone who just produces themselves at home. Right. It don't need, uh, all that functionality. The duo would probably be a much more simpler or sensible, um, solution for $200 less. Um, I would like it if they made one that's even less expensive than that because you don't even need 
um, sound effects buttons most of the time. <laughs> you could have really something much more simplified than that. Um, but um, yeah, and and the question does it work with Twisted Wave? Yes, of course absolutely, will work with Twisted Wave. Sure, um, it's just another USB audio interface that your computer is going to see. In fact, it's multiple USB audio interfaces. <laughs> In the case of the one I have, it shows up as two USB audio interfaces. Um, there's the multi-channel and there's the chat channel for uh, having two separate mixes. And that's what allows us to do things like play back YouTube while you guys all hear it on the show because of that ability to play things back. Um, this one has another hidden, another trick up its sleeve, which I have to look up the Duo has. It has another USB port, so you can plug it into another port on the same computer, giving you even more channels, or you can plug it into another phone or another PC or a gaming console, blah, 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 blah. Right. So, and it has yeah. Bluetooth, too, so you can actually put, pull in something off, of, off your phone on Bluetooth or another Bluetooth-compatible uh input so that yeah it's got a lot of stuff shoved into it which it really is why we, why we like it and again and like george said it's just an interface with a lot of cool electronics cool bells and whistles right. yeah. which they've also shoved into the the new uh uh the, the new uh the nt1 fifth gen they've oh yeah the because what they've yeah what they've done now with these new usb devices that fit nt1 fifth gen specifically is when you use the app that they have called road central is it road central yeah road central right. now you have access to not only all the functions of the inside of the mic actually it's called road connect when you use road connect now you get to the mic starts to become sort of like a mini roadcaster so it gives you like playback loops and built-in recording has like a backup recording functionality and you get a lot more features, and you haven't even bought the whole mixer. You just have that USB mic. So, right, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing stuff. It's a little overkill. It's certainly got more features than most people would need. But if you find those features are going to make your life better, or if you really are serious about producing a podcast slash live stream, especially, um, you're going to probably like it a lot. All right. Uh, question from Jeff Seart on YouTube. As an improv, which we were talking about last week, uh, is it too over the top to throw a character voice into a VO submission, even if it doesn't ask for that? Uh, I think that's sort of a self, <laughs> a, a question that you've already answered. Um, no, you don't throw a character voice into an audition uh, or, or a VO submission if it doesn't ask for it. Um I mean, yeah, there's there's improv and there's like maybe riffing on some copy or something like that. But if it's not asking for a specific character, I mean, usually the spec is going to give you, you know, uh, somebody 25 to 45 or a senior citizen or whatever. It's asking you not necessarily to do a character, but to do what it is they're asking for. If it asks for a character... Yeah, you do a character, but if it's just for something else, uh, just an audition for a commercial or for some e-learning thing, no, you don't throw a character in there, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't help if you're really going off the uh, off mm -hmm. the reservation with that. So no, no, I would not yeah. do that. This one's from uh, Mike Cunningham, and he says, "Any experience with the Lewitt 940? If so, what are your thoughts on using it as a single source mic?" 
instead of getting something like a 416 along with the 103 or my current tube mic, which uh, I guess we're supposed to know what that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the Lewitt 940, um, which I'm Googling right now because nobody I know is using one, um, is a tube microphone. It's $1,800. And, um, you know, if you're making a good living in voiceover and it's time to treat yourself and you had a hell of a good year, Go ahead and buy yourself something really fun and expensive and fancy like that. I would never, <laughs> ever recommend it to any voice actor um, because of its overwhelming complexity, its multiple, many switchable patterns. It's a blend of tube and FET. It's a bells and whistles microphone, right? It's just, it does all kinds of things. And no, I don't, I don't know if it would be a one mic solution to replace a a TLM 103 and a 416. I, I don't know that. Like I, I would have to hear that mic. I would much more likely recommend if you're getting into this realm of cost, I would much more likely recommend the, the sphere from universal audio, because that truly does model all of the microphones that you've mentioned. Um, it's a lot less than this thing. It doesn't have any tube to worry about burning out or fading out. Um, and, uh, so that's the direction I would go if I, if I really am going to look at spend that kind of money. Like if you don't have an Apollo buy buy the Apollo solo and the Townsend for 1500 bucks roughly, <laughs> and you, it runs circles around this mic in terms yeah. of flexibility, whatever. So, yeah. you know, I don't, but I'm, again, I'm coming at this from someone that has not used this microphone and I don't believe I have heard it on anybody's voice tracks yet. Yeah. So well, we we tested it. a Lewitt a couple of years ago when we did. Uh, a yeah, was shootout. it the Pure Two Forty or something like Some, that? Something Does that sound like familiar? That. Yeah, and I I know it was very flat and mm -hmm. it had very low output. I'm assuming that the folks at Lewitt have probably improved on that, but I think that was a. I don't know if that was a bum mic. It did have a bizarrely low output. I remember that. Yeah. But I've yeah. heard that mic since, and I've heard good things. The 440 yeah. Pure actually is the one I'm thinking of. And that one has been nothing but really good sounding audio um, that I've heard from people that have sent me samples. So, you know, Lewitt's a weird little company. I think the engineers are spun off from the AKG team. You know, some of them were, were over at AKG. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling. I know some people that love their Lewitts. I just... It doesn't have a track record for me yet in terms of something I'm going to like absolutely say without without a doubt I recommend. Yeah, so some, especially at that high end price point. Yeah, somebody sent me something with the Lewitt this week and yeah, and but that was the thing I noticed is the output was low. Mm -hmm. And uh, meaning it probably can handle a lot of SPL, sound pressure level. So if you're like singing or you're yelling into the mic a quiet mic like that that doesn't have a lot of output is probably able to handle it, especially at that price point for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. There's no reason you should be spending 1800 bucks on, on a new mic. Uh, unless as George said, you know, you want to treat yourself to something, but this again, there's no microphone out there that's going to change the way you interpret copy, which is what they're really looking for. Um, mm -hmm. or and, how you tune your acoustics or right. where you put the mic. <laughs> exactly <laughs> all so, that stuff is so much more important right 
you know, I mean, you can you can get away with. I mean, what are some of the mics we talk about? We we've been talking the Rode NT1, the, the, the NT1. Stellar 200, X2, two hundred and forty nine dollars for the for the NT1 fifth gen. What mm-hmm. a bargain and a half that yeah. is, uh, and it gives you so much functionality, which is really cool. And you know, the Audio Technica uh, mics, you know, above the twenty twenty, you get to the twenty thirty five or the twenty fifty or the forty forty. These are not expensive microphones, no. and they sound fine. Now, this is the MV50 for Mojave. Four ninety nine, right? Four ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the and, most I would spend, unless you are literally making a living and really making a profit in voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> I would not spend more than five hundred dollars. Yeah, so, at all when you're yeah. getting started. Yeah, get get that out of your head. So it's not mm-hmm. the microphone. Uh, question from Max Goldberg. Go for it. Um, let me get the one from Jeff first before oh, I forget. Oh, oh, oh Jeff Holman, yes. Um, he says, I'm thinking, um, yeah, poor Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> you are suffering like many others. Um, the problem I mentioned about headphones being too detailed, I hear every tiny noise, every little epiglottis <laughs> flump, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> everything, you know, and, you're, and it's because you're listening to your audio under a, a scanning electron microscope. <laughs> Right, um, and you, you know, can for see years, the germs in his voice. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, for years, I mean, years ago, I remember Dan and I. We really were debating the whole speaker thing. Dan said, "I like to use monitors." I would always tell people to use headphones, but in the end of the day, the headphones are so detailed and so clear that they do overly boost certain frequencies, and some of them tend to be the ones that you have the biggest issues with, right? And I don't think it's really healthy for the actor to have to be the the um, the extremely picky producer on everything that they do. It, it, again, you do have to make that judgment call. This is something you are going to struggle with as you get more and more experience as to how how much should I obsess about this audio? How much you obsess about the audio is very much proportional to the, or maybe disproportionate to the length. The shorter of the the shorter the script, the higher the rate you're getting paid, the more. <laughs> Isn't you should obsess over the sound. <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it's a long form job, an e learning project, an audio book, or anything long, and it's a it's a low rate, don't do not get to that analytical level. But really, to answer your question more, you're using the Audio Technica M40X headphones, probably me because I mentioned them. I I know I like them. They are still a little bit more on the detail side. Now I'm using the Harlan Hogan headphones right now the gen twos they're a little flatter sounding they are not bright edgy crisp and hyped so they may be a little bit better choice possibly however you might want to just try head speakers for a while and don't overspend on speakers right because you don't need super incredibly detailed speakers or you'll have the same problem again Right. So you might just choose to just use whatever Bluetooth speaker you have as just an experiment. Right. You use the one you've already probably got that you throw in your uh, bike, your bag when you go to the beach or the one that you take to your friends, whatever. If you're like me, you've got more than one Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> but if you've got a Bluetooth, just play back your audio through that um, uh, for a while as, as a test. Don't use it, though, in Bluetooth mode look for a little flap on the back it should be an aux input not all of them have this now 
but it should have an aux input for an eighth inch cable plug that in because then when you hit play it has no latency mm -hmm. so when you're stopping and starting and editing it won't drive you quite as crazy and then give that a try um yeah. don't go crazy with speakers at this point at this point yeah but he also mentions that you know what kind of problems might he encounter using monitors in a small booth and we talk about the fact that if you're using studio monitors the place where you are listening to it also has to be acoustically treated so you're not getting reflections off the back wall and you're getting a false impression of what the actual ambiance of your studio is yep. so i mean i i'm using a pair of yamaha h2s which i happen to like a whole lot mm -hmm. uh very flat you know pl you know plenty of loudness also remember that speakers or monitors are what we call near field monitors and the op the optimal place is about three feet away at about a what is it 30 degree angle so they converge that way um and they give you a lot of detail but they don't overemphasize it again when you're listening on headphones it's going to drive you nuts but can you use them in a small booth not mm. recommended it's yeah because the acoustics in there are going to be really weird and it, um, yeah what's going to happen is when when so a speaker is a cabinet right there's a speed there's speakers and they're inside a cabinet when you put the cabinet inside, inside your small cabinet. booth, you, <laughs> yeah. your booth is now another cabinet that the cabinet is inside of. So it also resonates and has, so it will always tend to build up low end. You're going to get a lot more boominess or bottom heaviness out of your. So if you're going to put something in your booth, it should be pretty damn tiny. It should yeah. be small and not have a ton of bass because it will, even five inch monitors, maybe even three inch monitors will be quite boomy in a uh, in a small booth so again small and don't run them very loud keep right. the levels kind of low well it brings up the question you know a lot of people edit in their booth mm -hmm. um i stopped usually doing, with headphones probably and usually with headphones yeah i mean i stopped doing that a long time ago because mm -hmm. you know i i've always separated my engineering of space from my recording space yeah you know i have my mic it's in my booth that's all that's in there, you know, and an iPad where I can read copy and a music mm -hmm. stand to see my copy, you know, if it's printed. Yeah. Uh, and I do most of my work out here in the voiceover body shop um, where I do my editing and all that stuff because that's where my comfortable chair is. <laughs> and, but I have the speaker set up here and I can, you know, and I'm listening to people's audio and I want to hear the detail that I need to hear not every little mouth click and all those other things so mm -hmm. you know they're they're for they're for outside your booth so if mm -hmm. that makes any sense yeah. which brings us to the next question because it sort of answers the question that we were just talking about from max goldberg he says i picked up a pair of iLoud monitors for reference while editing they're pretty affordable and to me sound great in the booth have you guys ever checked them out those are those little those multimedia speakers from uh from what's the company ik multimedia ik multimedia exactly they make yeah. a they make a whole line of speakers that's their generic that their their name for their monitors is iloud loud yeah so they've got a whole bunch of different ones so i don't know which my, ones that he's referring to they have the micro monitors which look kind of like little baby speakers you know little tiny ones with this woofer and a tweeter but they sound great and they sound amazingly good. They have quite a lot of, quite a bit of low end, but I do believe they let you adjust the low end. So if if you if you do get speakers that um, have a bass control or any kind of a tone control, set it so the bass is reduced. 
like this particular speaker this is the uh let me show on screen because this is you know a visual thing boop, 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 boop. okay boop. this speaker has boom, boom. come on we, we can go. bring it up come on <laughs> this speaker has a uh some switches on the back for eq ah, right. one of them says flat or lf minus 3 db if you're going to use these in a small room or near a wall definitely engage that minus 3 db lf and what that's going to do is make the speaker output less low end so they're not as full and rich sounding and boomy sort of um, a high pass filter it is exactly that it's just a high pass filter it's a very minimal one it's only 3 db but you know it's enough to make a difference and it will really help the clarity of the speaker um in a small booth it also has a high frequency boost switch which depending on where the speaker is and if how close it is to you you might want to turn that on or off um so you just have to kind of compare it to different things it also has a flat versus desk position i would put it in desk position that also will probably reduce the low end of the speaker because when it's sitting right on a desk it needs to output less low end. Otherwise, it will sound hyped in the low yeah. end. All right. Uh, Nancy Bober asks, so I'm replacing my old AKG K240s, which are headphones, with a, wonky with a wonky cable, meaning it's not working, with the new DT770 Pro-K. Those are which manufacturer the dt Well, the Biodynamics. Bar Dynamics, right. Are the AKGs Jeez. worth holding on to or replacing the cable? Do they have a, re a cable that is replaceable? Replacing cables is a pain in the ass. You've got to know how to solder. You've got to, it's all sorts of stuff. So if it's old say, enough and it, it must be a pretty old AKG because they did not have replaceable cables right. back in the day. And um, it's probably not worth it, worth it unless you're a headphone hoarder like I am, and then you keep everything. <laughs> but no, probably not. I mean, once you get used to the DT770s, which sound pretty different from the 240s, now you're going to be relearning those headphones and then going back to the AKGs are going to sound totally different. Yeah. So you won't, you won't even, you'll forget what they sounded like. I would just let them go. Um, yeah. All right. go. And Justin Ramos on YouTube asks, what to look out for when buying used mics besides a good return policy well, any simple important thing <laughs> yeah any simple tests you would do to verify if any part of it's broken thank you you know plug well, it in and record with it and do the do the rattle <laughs> test <laughs> if, if you shake it and you hear and it something goes, <laughs> there's something are. broken <laughs> and honestly though that's a pretty good test if you get a mic and there's any Thing rattling in that mic it's got something going on um if it sounds good it is good as always if uh, like the other gentleman that was doing a mic noise test in his case he felt it wasn't too noisy um if you're not sure again we have dan's got specimen collection club i've got mic check i will listen to it compared to your other microphones because i like the context that's why i have mic check it's it's more money because I want you to send me more files and I'm going to spend more time listening to the different files, comparing them. And, you know, so, cause I want to get an idea where the context, right? So I might decide that the new mic sounds worse than the mic you already had. And then you can decide what to do from there. But, uh, at the end of the day, if you don't trust your ears, get a second pair of ears to listen 
but there's not that many things you can do other than plug it in and listen to it. Um, the good thing about a used mic is if it sounds good the day you buy it, it's probably going to sound good for the next 10 years. years. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're solid state. They really don't break unless you're like hammering nails with it, which yeah, they last some mics like, you can. But. Yeah, this one, I think in particular, uh, was <laughs> sold by that, showing that mic, that mic specifically, <laughs> the 635A. Uh, it's so tough. But um, yeah, there's, uh, there's little that you can do to test other than just literally plug it in give it a close listen, record some audio, play it back, compare it to the other microphone you already were using, um, and see how it compares. And that's how you're going to really know, I think. And save yourself a few bucks in the process. Yes, it needs to have a good return policy. What kind of places sell used mics have a good return policy? Some eBay sellers do. Just, you know, be, cho be choosy Absolutely. when you're buying used stuff. Yes. All right. Well, another we amazing hour has rolled by, believe it or not, and we've answered all your questions this week, but we want more questions. If you want to write to us and get your question first in the queue on Tech Talk, where do you go? Where do you write? You write to the, the guys. guys at VOBS.TV uh, and ask your question, and I guarantee you'll be at the front of the queue when we answer questions. It's nice to have people live listening to the show and you know you have a certain advantage of being able to participate we know most of you watch this in replay on facebook and on on linkedin and on youtube and at our website vobs.tv um but it's you really should make a point to be here when we do the show and when you see a promo for the show coming up on on facebook watch live and and be interactive with us we really like hearing that uh you know what is what is it that you are what what is it you're doing right now uh and and not you know guessing and listening a little bit later on anyway we're going to take a quick break and we are going to wrap things up for this week right after these important messages on voiceover body shop so don't go away this is the latin lover narrator from jane the virgin anthony mendez and you're enjoying dan and george on the voiceover body shop your dynamic voiceover career requires extra resources to keep moving ahead. There's one place where you can explore everything the voiceover industry has to offer. That place is voiceoverextra.com. Whether you're just exploring a voiceover career or a seasoned veteran ready to reach that next professional level, stay in touch with market trends, coaching, products, and services while avoiding scams and other pitfalls. VoiceOver Extra has hundreds of articles, free resources, and training that will save you time and help you succeed. Learn from the most respected talents, coaches, and industry insiders when you join the online sessions, bringing you the most current information on topics like audiobooks, auditioning, home studio setup, and equipment, marketing, performance techniques, and much more. It's time to hit your one-stop daily resource for voiceover success. Sign up for a free subscription to newsletters and reports. It's all here at voiceoverextra.com. That's voiceoverxtra.com. All righty. You know, I've told this story before, uh, but now you get to hear it again. Uh, my good friend Joe Davis once asked me, what can I do for the voiceover business? Because, you know, he's a webmaster and he was designing websites and, you know, for law firms in Midtown Manhattan. So he was doing okay. But he wanted to start a, a web, a web uh, mastering system for people in the voiceover business. And I said, it shouldn't be a pain in the ass. He says, we can't use that. I'm like, I just did. Um, anyway, I said, templated websites. 
you know, someone goes in, they pick a template, they can customize it the way they want and get it out there as soon as possible. Well, he started voiceactorwebsites.com uh, uh, voice about eight, nine years ago and is very successful at it. And the technology came along to where it was easy for them to create a website that allows you to get your website up really fast. And that is voiceactor.com. Go over to voiceactor.com and get your website up and running in 20 minutes. And you can do it for free. And then if you want more and more features, of course, it could be $20 a month, but that's cheaper than a lot of other webmasters are going to charge you. And you have complete control over your website, being able to update your demos and change the colors or change your headshot if you have your headshot on there. So go over to voiceactor.com and get your website up and running right now. We are the World Voices Organization, also, also known, known as WOVO. We're the not-for-profit industry association of freelance voice talent. VoiceOver is a complex entrepreneurial business. WOVO is there to promote the professional nature of voice work to the public, to those already established in their voiceover practice, and to those who want to pursue voiceover as a career. Membership benefits include a supportive and creative community, a profile and demos on voiceover.biz, our searchable directory of vetted professional voice talent, our exclusive demo player for your personal website. Our mentoring program, business resources, and our video library. Our annual WovoCon conference, a fun and educational weekend with other members with the chance to learn and network. Webinars and great speakers and weekly social chats with other members around the world. If your world is voiceover, make Wovo part of it. World Voices Organization. We, we speak, speak for those who speak, speak for a living. This is Bill Ratner, and you're enjoying Voice Over Body Shop with Dan Leonard and George Whittem. VOBS.TV. And we're back. Well, two hours just goes by like that. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, next week on this show, another great guest. And I think we're pretty much set up to you know, maybe not taking a couple of weeks off for the next couple of months. So uh, fresh content for you every week. Uh, let's see here. Who are donors of the week? Oh, I see a lot of familiar names. Let's start yeah. with Greg Cooper. Grace Newton. Christopher Epperson. Robert Leadham. Stephen Chandler. Casey Clack. Jonathan Grant. Thomas Pinto. Greg Thomas. A Doctor Voice. Antland Productions. Martha Kahn. 949 Designs. Sarah Borges. Philip Sapir. Brian Page. Rob Ryder. Shauna Pentington Baird. Don Griffith. Trey Mosley, Diana Birdsall, Maria Macus, and, and Sandra Manwiller, or Sandra is the way she prefers it. Yes. So, you know, and of course you can leave us, you know, uh, an endowment from your will, if you really like what we do and want to keep doing it. <laughs> anyway, uh, remember if you want help with your home voiceover studio, you can talk to me over at homevoiceoverstudio.com. And George is over at his mega complex, George D. Dot Tech. <laughs> mega complex. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and you still get your VOBS Fan 10, 10% off. All right. Funny how few of you use that coupon, but it's yeah, still active. It's, it's right there for crying out loud. It's good for webinars, it's good for any content, it's good for any services. All right. 
Uh, we need to thank our sponsors, of course, like Harlan Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials. VoiceOver Extra. Source Elements. VOHeroes.com. VoiceActor.com. And, and uh, WorldVoices.org. Yes, I'm the president, and that shouldn't make any difference whether you want to join or not. Uh, but we're, we're, we're coming alive over at Wovo. Lots of cool stuff, webinars, and our conference next year. And uh, there's a lot of fun stuff that goes on with Wovo, so make sure you get in there. Uh, let's see here. Jeff Holman doing a kick-ass job in the chat room tonight. Sure is. Because getting us all those questions to us and participating himself. Sue Merlino, who is our wonderful director, she gets it done every time we every time we key up the live broadcast. She's there and makes it happen. And of course, Lee Penny, just for being Lee Penny. You out there, Lee? Come visit us for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us this week. We're here to help you with your home voiceover studio audio. But the bottom line is, if it sounds good, it is good. I'm Dan Leonard. And I'm George Woodham. And this is VoiceOver. Body Shop. Or V-O-B-S. Tech Talk. 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 Thanks, Jeff. All right. We'll see you <laughs> next week. Have a good one.